and directed by Wayne Anton Novelli. Music score by Picasso Zapanti. Comic book illustration for graphic novel created by the artist Wayne Odrano. Produced by Wayne Anton Novelli, Sharon Harvey, and James Warhalla. With effects music by Weed Killer. In association with Vince Sabia and Socialitize Social Media Development Group Incorporated. I guess I'm awake again. That seems contradictory because I've been an insomniac since I've been born. As I lay on my surfboard and I keep paddling up this toxic river with a chainsaw on my back and I gawk at all the devastation on our banks caused by the nuclear bombs that were launched while I was basically sleeping for what could have been a hundred days, a hundred weeks, or a hundred years. I'm not sure. I know what you're saying to yourself. Why are you on a surfboard in the middle of a nuclear waste heap? And even better, why do you have a chainsaw on your back when there are no trees anywhere in sight? The answer to the first question is, after all the planet's leaders fired off as many nuclear bombs at each other as they could to destroy everything, the bombs evaporated two-thirds of all the planet's water and all the oceans around the world. But also from the blazing heat, the bombs melted all the polar ice caps at the same time, thereby bringing the water levels back to about to where they were in the first place. But what the bombs also did was crack apart most of the tectonic plates all around every coastline, all around the planet, thereby causing an effect that you can have a tidal wave tsunami on any coastline, at any time, anywhere. So that's why I'm on a surfboard. And for the answer to the reason number two, why do I have a chainsaw on my back? Well, that's just because I think everyone around here these days are dangerous douchebags, and I like to cut them up into little pieces. So it gives me something to do, like a hobby. In this case, because in this future, we don't have sports to watch on cable TV anymore. I really miss football on Sundays, by the way. Hell, I really miss Sundays. I have not known what day of the week it is since I've come out of my deep sleep. As I keep sculling here on my board, it gives me plenty of time to ponder about my old life before all the bombs went off. As I look at these old battered docks, I think of my grandpa Vito, whose son became a longshoreman after he came here from Sicily in the old country. If I had to describe my grandpa Vito from the old black and white pictures I saw, I'd have to say he looked like a genetic stew of a Cro-Magnum pugilist and a sardonic serial killer. He looked like Jake LaMotta was his father and Michael Myers from the movie Halloween was his mother. In my darkest thoughts, I couldn't imagine what it would be like for the two of them to be in bed together. The only thing I could picture on the screen is the audio. It's just a constant loop 
of screaming. And you can't see anything through the lens because it's always covered in blood splatter. Kind of like a Thanksgiving Day party at the BTK killer's house. Right after he carved up the bird and sat down to watch some Friday the 13th movies with his daughter for fun. I was always extra freaked out by the slasher character Michael Myers in the old Halloween movies because he always had a very personal attachment to me. Not only because my great grandpa kind of looked like him and I evolved ultimately into a sociopathic killer myself, but back in Catholic school in Draconia, New Jersey, I actually went to grade school with a guy named Michael Myers. Even with all my brain problems, I'm going through these days as I drift here on a surfboard with my chainsaw on my back. Here in the moment one minute, then I start drifting in and out of cartoon lucidness with all these old experiences branded into my brain. I feel I've been singed clean by an onslaught of nuclear fire. Even with all this mental turbulence, processed by raw pain, tidal waving, through what's left of my brain, I still remember Michael Myers. Not because of any endearing traits, but because of the fucked up story behind my involvement with it. You see, growing up in the Slovakian Catholic grade school I went to called St. Bogdan's, there was a certain hierarchical code that was enforced that went in this order. There were the bullies, the geeks, freaks, nerds, and good Catholic girls, who by the way were sexually unavailable, and of course the whores. I guess you could say that was the description of the grade school food chain in America back in those days. And now, boys and girls, it's time for a word from our sponsor, the Deadville Zombie Mutant Boys Choir! Chances are higher running to an asshole. asshole. I'm afraid to open up the door. I'm sure that there will be an asshole. asshole. The landlord hasn't fixed the faucet yet because he's nothing but an asshole. asshole. My boss is never going to give me that raise because he is an asshole. asshole. If you're standing in a line, don't talk to me. Shopping at the mall, there's still your parking space. If you go out on the road, they will tailgate you. If you really need their help, they will frustrate you. I hope you understand now exactly how I feel and that these raging assholes are very, very real. So next time that you spot one, try fast to get away, or I will guarantee you that they will ruin your day.
Force that fact with violence, they would play a little game at lunchtime in the school. In my neighborhood, we didn't play silly kids' games like tag or dodgeball. No. We played a game named Chase. We played violent, gladiatorial, sport like spectacles that would have made the Romans, or even better, the Nazis, proud. You have two teams of kids that hunt each other with real bow and arrows, with blunted tips, until all the players on one team are wounded or marked with puncture wounds. That disqualifies them from the game. Then the other team wins. Take that, paintball! We didn't paint each other with multicolored paintballs for fun. We painted each other with our own blood to see who was toughest. We couldn't play chase at the schoolyard because we couldn't have weapons on the schoolyard grounds because of the nuns and their hypocritical control measures. I personally had two knives taken away from me by the nuns. The knives were given to me by both of my grandfathers. One was a pearl-handled switchblade from the 50s right out of the wild ones. That was the fancy knife my mother's father gave me. And the other one was a metal dagger with a hilt in the shape of a claw grasping the world on top of it. And in the middle was a Nazi SWAT sticker attached to the blade. My grandpa Novella took that one off a dead kraut he killed in World War II. I love those knives. Because we couldn't have weapons in the schoolyard, the bullies would do the next best pain-inflicting thing. A game they invented with their little pea brains called Beat the Freak where the game consisted of everyone in the schoolyard circling around to make a pit, then certain nerds, geeks, and freaks are chosen to participate in a gladiatorial fighting game designed to amuse the rest of the class of the bullies, whores, and other freaks. And of course, the nuns, who always love the good horrific spectacle. The rules consisted of one of two ways you leave the ring victorious. 
you have to at least bloody your opponent or knock him out cold. But if you knock him out too quickly, like, you know, with a Mike Tyson-like blow, you have to kick him in the face until it's bloodied. Anyway, because he could be faking unconsciousness and trying to get out of the beating. On one gloriously unholy fucked up day, guess who was unlucky enough to be picked to be a battle geek? Yeah, that's right. It was me, your twisted and trusted narrator. And on the other side of the pit, guess who was the opposing nerd? Yup, it was the guy I've been leading the storyline to. It was Michael Myers. No. Not the blank expression, pasty-faced, Ann Coulter complexion mimic masked slasher that we love to see murder those young, perfect, goofy, make-believe, happy teenage actors that Hollywood loves to shove down our throats. The con us that they represent real life so they can sell us more products to help us to be like these unobtainable android Aryan children. No, it wasn't that Michael Myers. And it wasn't the lovable SNL star who played Wayne from Wayne's World, who, by the way, had stolen my identity from me in a different life. Long, different Mike Myers story. No, it wasn't those two showbiz clowns. But instead, it was the gangly, pimply-faced, 120-pound geek Michael Myers that I went to grade school with who probably didn't have the upper body strength to damage a centipede. And now, I had to have my first schoolyard fight with him in my Beat the Freak trial. The pit was formed, and all the kids and nuns started to chant the mantra. At this point, as I trembled in horror in my first experience facing down the mortal coil, grade school style, I just thought to myself, what is going to happen to me? Well, that's it for this week's show, boys and girls. Stay tuned next week for the next installment of... Michael's Server of the Apocalypse. And now a word from our sponsors, brought to you by the new hit single, Intoxication by the band Wayno Drano and the dysfunctional Alkanots. Let's play out with the song! <laughs> <laughs>